what I think makes it different is that it's coming from a a genuine insider. There is going to be a House Oversight Committee hearing and the Intelligence Committees are actively looking at not just David Grush's testimony, but of course, all the other things that have been going on in parallel. Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we're all just trying to survive in a rough world. What's up, SCS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in true crime. And once again, it is not a tagline, it is our reality, and you will find out why in about an hour's time after you've heard these two guests. And uh, again, for the second week in a row, we are examining not true crime, but perhaps the ultimate mystery in this entire infinite universe of ours. Now, of course, in the last few years, we've heard out-of-this-world claims about UFO sightings, also known as UAPs or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenons, with commercial airline and military pilots warning that they've seen things in the sky they simply cannot explain. And now, of course, an Air Force veteran named David Grush has blown the proverbial whistle going public, claiming that the United States government has recovered materials that could be proof of UFOs, including an intact craft of non-human origin. But they are keeping it a secret from the public, he says. An organization, Grush says, so secret that even Congress does not know about it. So all this begs the question, do you believe? And uh, we've got two guests, one who definitely does, and the other, not so much. Uh, widely known as the real Fox Mulder from the Fox Files, Nick Pope in that maroon shirt on the bottom of your screen, he ran the British government's UFO project from 1991 to 1994. He researched and investigated UFOs, alien abductions, crop circles, and other strange phenomena. His government background and his level-headed views have made him the media, film, and TV industry's go-to guy when it comes to all things UFOs, the unexplained, as well as conspiracy theories. He is the author of not one, not two, but six best-selling books, including The Uninvited and Open Skies, Closed Minds. Robert Schaefer, The Wise Man and the Black Cat. He is an American freelance writer and UFO skeptic. He is a paranormal investigator of unidentified flying objects, having researched many sightings and written critiques of the hypothesis that UFOs are alien spacecraft. Robert is a member of Mensa, which means he is a hell of a lot smarter than me. And he's the author of a long list of books, too, including The UFO Verdict, Examining the Evidence, and resentment, resentment Against Achievement, Understanding the Assault, also UFO Sightings, The Evidence. I uh, really want to thank these guys, especially uh, Nick, who, who jumped in last minute as we had someone uh, who they both know. Dr. Avi Loeb was going to join us, had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, so we will get him on uh, soon enough. But we've got, uh, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Insta, Twitter. We are at Podcast STS. I'm trying to get like Nick Pope, who has 100,000 plus Twitter followers. Not that I'm jealous, but maybe just a little bit. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Also, you can support us on Patreon and YouTube. And the merch store is open. Um, 
Nick, first question to you before we, before we get into some of the specifics. Um, you've been at this a very long time, uh, early 90s, perhaps even into the late 80s. What is it like to suddenly sort of have this topic really come out of the shadows? I mean, we've had moments over the last bunch of years, last five, six years, but um, with David Grush, suddenly uh, people who were uh, making fun of guys like you are uh, trying to book them on shows. Not that I ever made fun of you, but uh, you're in hot, people are in hot pursuit of you now. What's it like? Well, yes, certainly this subject has come from fringe to mainstream in, in really just a few years. And the David Grush story is just one of a number of, of developments that have happened over the last few years that have pushed it that way. We've, we've had, of course, those U.S. Navy videos up on the DOD's website, along with a press release that they wrote saying that they're official and that they don't know what they are, and associated interest in Congress, of course, classified briefings, but also some public hearings that we've had and more in the pipeline. Two reports from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, um, one of which essentially said, look, we don't know what UAP are, but whatever they are, this is now recognized as a defense and national security issue and a safety of flight uh, threat. And in parallel, the NASA study, which is, is ongoing as we speak. So, so it's exciting times. It's partly a vindication. Um, it's not the first time that we've had, obviously, congressional hearings. That we, we had those back in, in the 60s as, as well. And we didn't get what the UFO community called disclosure. But it's exci exciting times, and, and there's more to come, for sure. And speaking of disclosure, we had Vinny Adams, who hosts a disclosure team on YouTube. He was on last week. Also a Brit, as well as Dan Zetterstrom, another Brit. So you guys seem to be uh, into trying to figure out what is going on with this whole phenomenon. Uh, Sherry's News chiming in here. Looking forward to another controversial conversation on are there aliens or not? Has any person experienced them? If so, what transpired? See you at seven. And then this one right here is for Nick. I'm here for the tea and crumpets. Um well, the British are coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert, um, you are the skeptic here uh, and a very bright man. Obviously, uh, if you're a member of Mensa, I saw you went to Northwestern, not a shabby school. Yeah, um, I was a student of Alan Hynek while I was there, and I got to know him pretty well and talked about, a lot about UFOs. Uh -huh. and, and so, I mean, we're going to get into it more deeply, but with this David Grush uh, whistleblowing, um, has it become harder for you to maintain your skeptical views? Or are you starting to just creak and fold a little bit, Robert? Oh, not at all. There's absolutely nothing that's new about David Grush. I mean, he's just saying what so many people have said before for so many years, and there's no uh, proof. He doesn't have any proof. He said, people have told me that there are programs with crash saucers and dead aliens but I haven't seen them myself. Well, that's called hearsay. And there's a lot of hearsay going around. Like I was just reading uh, Jacques Vallée. He wrote uh, uh, like an autobiographical thing called uh, uh, Science, Forbidden Science. And uh, he wrote back in 1989, he talked to Leonard Stringfield. Now, Leonard Stringfield was a well-known figure in UFOs back in the 70s and 80s. And he was saying exactly what Grush and these other guys are saying now. 
In fact, according as, as Valet phrases it, he said, Stringfield claimed he had no less than 37 first-hand sources who either saw crash disks or bodies. Okay, 1989. That wasn't true. All ended up as nothing. 37 sources, uh, it amounted to nothing. This is just, maybe Grush only has six sources. I mean, he doesn't have nearly as many as Leonard Stringfield did, and none of them have anything. Robert, this is, uh, you know far more about this than I, but, um, you know, they, physicists, astrophysicists, uh, apparently this is an infinite universe. Um, is it perhaps, I don't know if the word is arrogant, but presumptuous of us human beings to think that we are the only intelligent life in this vast, infinite place that we call home? Did I ever say that? <laughs> I don't know anybody who said that. I don't know anybody who believed that. I agree with you. This the universe is unimaginably vast, and every time we build a bigger telescope, the universe gets bigger. I mean, we've seen more, far more now with the James Webb telescope. It's it's just uh, unimaginable how big it is, and how many galaxies, and how many stars, and how many planets. But that doesn't mean they're here. You know. But do you, do you, even, be, the, do you believe even the closest uh, stars are light years away? So do you, do you if, believe that they're elsewhere? Do you believe in, in uh, extraterrestrial life, but just elsewhere, perhaps? Well, I, don't, I, I won't say believe in, but I say, you know, we know there's nothing impossible about extraterrestrial life. Life evolved on Earth. There are other planets like Earth. And there are probably millions of, or billions of such planets across the universe. But that doesn't mean that anybody else is here right now playing peekaboo with us and crashing in the New Mexico Triangle where uh, flying saucers seem to all go haywire and crash down when they fly over New Mexico. It doesn't happen in other states. I don't know why. By the way, there's this submarine that has gone missing, and I'm praying for the safe return of everyone aboard that. Uh, looking at those photos just makes me claustrophobic. I tweeted out about that, but uh, let's pray that they're able to locate them and get them back safely. Uh, Nick, what is different this time around, I mean, it feels different with David Grush. Is it just because guys like you have 100,000 followers on Twitter and their social media? Um, what differentiates this between, like you said, the 1960s when we were getting word of that? Obviously, Robert says it's all hearsay. What say you? Well, yeah, Robert mentioned um, uh, people like Leonard Stringfield. And sure, these sorts of stories are not new. I think what is new is to get them from somebody who... Uh, served on the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, which was the predecessor body to uh, the Pentagon's Arrow Unit, All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Uh, David Grush does seem to be, according to pretty much every journalist who has checked him out, he does seem to be who he says he is. As Robert says, yes, his, his information is is he's not claiming I have touched a spaceship, but he said, look, I served on the UAP task force. I I was a member of the intelligence community. I spoke to all the people across the agencies involved in this, and multiple sources said it was real. As yet, of course, this is not verified information. But what I think, to answer your question, what I think makes it different is that it's coming from a a genuine insider, and it's come in a situation where now he has given apparently 
uh, classified testimony to some uh, congressional staffers and, and maybe representatives. There is going to be at least a House Oversight Committee hearing onto this, which is hopefully going to get into to some of this, find out maybe the specifics so that we can try to validate uh, what is the project or project's names, who was the director, what agency was it embedded in. If we can get those key bits of information, then I think Congress, if this exists, might, might stand a good chance of getting it out. And in parallel with the House Oversight Committee, both in the Senate and in the House, the intelligence committees are actively looking at not just David Grush's testimony, but of course all the other things that have been going on in parallel, whether it's, whether it's these U.S. Navy videos, whether it's some other uh, pilot reports, or whether it's some of the fairly highly technical and classified uh, MAZINT uh, measurement and signature intelligence data that they've got satellite imagery, uh, which was confirmed by former DNI John Ratcliffe. So there's a lot going on. Very interesting. Uh, Robert, not to put you on the spot, uh, I am not T-Pain is our next commenter. And some people thought that I was an alien for never having heard of T-Pain. Uh, Robert, have you ever heard of T-Pain? <laughs> I got to confess, I must be an alien too. I never heard of him. <laughs> T Pain, I found out, is a very popular rapper, which is probably why you and I oh. have never heard of T Pain. <laughs> right. But uh, this is I am not T Pain. And uh, he or she, I still don't know if it's a man or a woman. <laughs> uh, what is the most convincing argument that aliens have not been visiting human beings since the history of mankind? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. There's no evidence you're going to say. Well, it's backwards. Uh, it's not the most convincing argument that they're not here. Say, so what is the most convincing argument that they are here? And that fails any meaningful test, you know, show me some wreckage, show me lots of good, clear photos and videos of these things, multiple independent sources. But no, the, the, I suppose if you want to answer the question backwards, the most convincing argument that they have not been visiting us is that they don't leave behind any real indisputable evidence that they're here. If they were actually here and maybe managing things behind the scenes a little bit, they'd leave all kinds of uh, evidence of their uh, existence and of their involvement. And uh, Raul Thomas pointing out, and I listened to this last night, coast to coast, discussing the UAP phenomenon just last night with Jeremy Corbell and That's George right. and George Knapp, who's uh, uh, obviously right. uh, a, a, a big public figure when it comes, both of them are when it comes to this subject. Um, right. And I saw that was posted to Twitter that Jeremy Corbell uh, last night on that show said that we're going to have disclosure within the next day or two. He said within the next 24 to 48 hours, he expects another revelation. And that, and now we're probably at least 12 hours into that. Or, you know, so you don't, believe, you don't believe that, Robert? You don't believe his hype machine is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> oh, he's got quite a hype machine. No, absolutely not. <laughs> he goes way beyond UFOs. He goes into all kinds of other stuff, and I can't remember all of them, but... Plus, I think he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, which is sort of impressive. So, uh Oh, well, don't mess around with him. Then. Yeah, you can't really argue with him too much because then you'll get put in a rear naked choke, as they say. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Nick, I'm curious with you, um, just take us back to the UK when you were working for the uh, office there. What were you doing exactly in the early 90s? Well, our strategic 
brief was to look at the the phenomenon and see whether there was evidence of any any threat to the defense of the UK or anything of more general defense or scientific interest, which in true British civil service style, we very cleverly didn't define. So we got about two or 300 reports each year. And, and actually, a, a lot of the files, many of which I wrote, have been declassified and are freely available at the um, uh, UK's national archives. So people can, can see a fair bit of what I got up to, but we we would uh, we would get these reports in. We we would uh, obviously get the the account from the witness, and then we would see if we could find anything that that might explain it. So we we came with the view that most of these things, of course, have conventional explanations, which they do, and we tried to find them. So so we would cross reference with flight paths, military exercises. Uh, with with satellite tracks, with bright stars and planets. So we w- we would talk to the uh, Royal Greenwich Observatory. We would talk to the Meteorological Office about weather balloon launches. We would speak to the Air Force, see if anything was tracked on radar. We would, uh, if we had photos or videos, we would go to intelligence community imagery analysts and and see what they made of it. And at the end of the day, most of these things could be explained. And we were left with a, a, a sort of a core that, that we'd investigated and couldn't find a conventional explanation. And our, our view was, it's, it's interesting, you're, a, I, I think, predominantly true crime podcast. In a way, we treated this not a million miles um, away from, from, I suppose, an unsolved murder or something. Uh, the, the file, if we couldn't get the explanation, the case file technically remained open. And until and unless some new piece of information came to light, a new witness, uh, new uh, forensic evidence or, or, or something, it would, it would just sit there as an open case. We didn't, of course, say that it meant that this was extraterrestrial, but neither did we rule it out. And just to put my personal cards on the table, by the way, I'm absolutely a believer that there's um, a lot of life elsewhere in the universe, including intelligent life. Some of it, I'm sure, is going to be other civilizations. I would like to think that we're being visited, and I hope we are, because the world would be more interesting with aliens than without. But I'm not, I'm not one of these people that says it's proven. Clearly, it's not. And that's why I'm, I'm interested in what's going on with David Grush, with NASA, uh, with, with the multiple UFO provisions in the current defense bill. And I hope that uh, whether it's the whether it's NASA, whether it's the Pentagon's Arrow Office, whether it's Congress, whether it's Avi Loeb at Galileo Project, or whether it's a combination of them, I hope that someone is going to to find that smoking gun. Well, if they're here, maybe we wouldn't be arguing about politics so much and we wouldn't be so uh, divided uh, red and blue. But um, I I read that your wife... speaking of red and blue, is a redhead and a skeptic. Uh, do you guys sit and argue about this uh, all day long or what? No, we don't. It's actually very good. Uh, she, she is the real-life uh, agent Scully, completely skeptical. She's a scientist. She thinks it's all nonsense. And that's great because, A, that keeps me grounded. And, and when something happens, uh, she'll, she'll be the first one to say, but wait a minute, you, you know, couldn't it be this? Or, or how do we know that? So that's great. But the other thing is... If, if, if I was married to someone who was 
equally into this and a believer, I'd never get a break. So, so it's great. Um, you know, I go, I go and do TV shows on this or, or, or whatever it is. I come back and, and, you know, we go for a desert hike. So it's great. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I, I've been reading some of the things your wife has been writing, and she's obviously much smarter than you. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I would not dispute that in a million years. <laughs> uh, Marina, who's watching us in the south of Spain, good evening, STS Nation. Greetings from Spain. No aliens here, just the scent of night. Jasmine followed Robert by uh, my friend Ski Hat Sarah. Carrie, she's talking to someone in the chat. We will be brave. Uh, does Sarah have any reason to be scared tonight that uh, a green man could be climbing through her window uh, of unknown origin, or should she feel safe? No, I, I, I see no, I, I see no reason to panic. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think uh, we, we need worry about an alien invasion just yet. I, I like to think, and, and my wife is, is a scientist and a physical anthropologist, but I like to think that if we are being visited, they are scientists, they are explorers, they are biologists, they are perhaps anthropologists interested in this uh, primitive emerging civilization that we have down here, wondering if we're going to mess it up uh, or not. So, so no, no alien invasion, but uh, yeah, perhaps interested well, there, in... there could be werewolves and whatever else if you happen to stop by the Skinwalker Ranch, you know, something will blow you home. <laughs> Then before you know it, those things will be spreading everywhere, and then it could be in Spain, or it could be in Tucson, it could be anywhere. Yeah, Sarah, <laughs> you're not you're not safe yet. Um, Robert, to you, um, Mountain Girl says Behavior Panel reviewed uh, the interview with David Grush. They felt that the whistler, they're calling him a whisper blower, left his whistle at <laughs> home. They all came to the conclusion that this was disinformation. What was your conclusion after seeing David Grush's interview? Well, I, you know, this term that people are using is saying, well, he's spreading disinformation. That implies it's a deliberate program on somebody's part, that there, that there is some Svengali somewhere behind the scenes and saying, well, you go out and tell them this, then you go out and tell them that. And I, I don't believe that at all. I think that these people who are saying it nonsensical stuff a lot of what Grush says, we in the past, or Rick Doty and all kinds of people making all kinds of claims about things. People say he's spreading disinformation. I think he's just making stuff up on his own. He hears these stories, he believes them. Say he's probably talking to some of the same people that Leonard Stringfield talked to 30 years ago, and they're telling him the same thing. They don't have any proof then, and they don't have any proof now, but he doesn't know that, and so he thinks this is truth. So I don't. I really think this is all just kind of freelance nonsense rather than disinformation. At least that's how I see it. Mm. Uh, this next question, I'm glad they brought it up because I forgot to take notes on this. But uh, speaking to Dr. Avi Loeb, uh, there was some developments with him that he did recover this, uh, what appeared to be some form of, or not recover, but saw it, I guess, on a micro, I, maybe he did recover it. I don't know. No, they cool. recovered it. They got they're dragging a magnet along the ocean floor looking for, hoping to pick up stuff. And they are picking up stuff, but mostly it looks like, you know, the detritus from ships and whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so Robert, that was not, I had read in different places that it was a, uh, you know, some sort of substance that is not found necessarily on planet Earth. But uh, what was your takeaway from this? Uh, I, well, I didn't hear anything about that. 
but uh, it, they, I, they found some little wire and they were trying to figure out what it was. I really don't have any up-to-date information on that, but they're finding all kinds of junk down there, which is no surprise. Think of all the ships that have been going back, coal freighters, coal-burning freighters, and uh, also there were, God knows exactly where those naval battles were in the Second World War, but they were in that general area, and I wouldn't be surprised if pick up a few pieces from battleships and whatever it sank there. So, but once you can sort that stuff out and find your extraterrestrial needle in a haystack, well, I say, fine, good luck with that. I hope you find it. <laughs> uh, Nick, what, any reaction to this Avi Loeb revelation? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, he, he obviously, he and a colleague some years ago wrote this paper uh, based actually on some declassified um, U.S. military satellite data to calculate the impact point of IM-1, which is Interstellar Meteor 1. So um, they are looking for this stuff. Uh, I, I've read his uh, Avi Loeb's daily reports. I know that they have discovered some stuff. I, I think the short answer is they are analyzing it right now, looking at the things like yeah. the isotopic ratios uh, and, and, and such like. And uh, Avi is a, is a great obviously believer in the scientific method. He's taking a data-led approach. Um, he's gathering his data. And, and as time goes by, if, if, he, he, if he does find anything anomalous, he will write it up. He will, he will publish it in a, a peer-reviewed journal, I'm, I'm sure. But you're, you're of the opinion that he is, quote-unquote, following, following the science. Um, he's not... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, and and I, I should declare an interest, by the way. While, while I'm not a scientist myself, I am one of the uh, research affiliates in the Galileo Project, which, which Professor Loeb leads. So I'm, I'm one of a number of people who, who you know, maybe have some some background information that might be useful to the scientists in the project. But yeah, a Avi is completely going to be following the scientific method. So, so yeah, he's doing the analysis as we speak. By the way, he will publish, he, he will publish yeah. it in, in accordance with, with all those, those usual scientific principles. Yeah, they can tell which meteors are interstellar. There's only a very few of them that have been. Uh, basically because when they enter the solar system, they already have escape velocity, essentially, that if they, if they swing around the other side of the sun, then, you know, they'll escape from the solar system completely, as opposed to, you know, just, just circling around. But uh, in this case, it struck the Earth, and so, um, you know, if I, I did agree that there's a, probably a piece of extraterrestrial iron or something sitting at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. I hope he can find it. But there's also a bunch of junk from World War II and whatever else. You know, this is going to be, it's, like, it's worse than a needle in a haystack, but I, I wish him luck finding something. Yeah. And, and I should just add one of Avi's favorite quotes on all of this. He, he says, and, and I don't think anyone can dispute this, he says, if you don't look, you won't find anything. So <laughs> yeah. at least he's looking. By the way, my uh, my dear mother invoked a rule. We had him on the show before we were true crime, before we were anything, to talk about his book, Extraterrestrial. And that day, for whatever reason, she told me I need to start asking our guests what we can do for them. So I asked Dr. Loeb what we can do for him. And I told this last time we did this show. He asked me for $150 million for a telescope. And uh, <laughs> I'm a little short on the dough. So if anyone has $150 million, help me out here. There's a comment here, uh, Nick, from Harry saying, 
Nick, are we being steered in a narrative to spin the truth? Well, I, I think self-evidently, I, I mean, I worked for the British government for, for 21 years. Only three years of that had anything to do with UFOs, by the way. I, I would say that as a matter of, of course, it's a truism. Governments on any issue always try and spin things. It's always talk up good news, uh, downplay bad news and things. But I, I mean, I've heard some crazy theories. Um, you know, I, I think I saw one of the comments come up earlier, and I don't know whether this question ties in with that. I, some some people believe that uh, there's going to be a, how do they put it, a false flag alien invasion, that, that we're going to fake an alien invasion so that we can bring in some sort of space patriot act. And, and there's something apparently called Project Blue Beam that, that means with a a combination of, of Hollywood special effects and holographic projections and government spin. They can fake everything from the second coming or first, if you, depending on what you believe, and um, alien invasion, whatever it is. I think personally that's nonsense. But yeah, government spin all the time. Yeah, and, just and not Robert, like that. Robert, to that point, Sally Vela kind of brings us up here. She says the ultimate crime of scaring people to death by the government They've been here all along, she says, and now they're going to pretend they're attacking us. But you do hear that, um, by the way, uh, J.M.M. Barkovich, I love Nick Pope. Um, but Robert, you hear, uh, I hear this argument all the time. Oh, yeah, they're bringing up aliens again to distract us either from politics or something else. Do you think there's anything to that, that it's used um, as a distraction method? Well, I think it could be. If you want to get something off the news for a couple of days, you can just uh, find another whistleblower or just do another news story on an old claim, and uh, that's a possibility. But I don't think that in general that's how it's being done. Um, I think with the previous comment, I think was saying that they've been here all along. The aliens have been here all along. Well, uh, certainly, I don't agree with that. I just like they're here and there and they're friendly, but the government's going to pretend like they're evil. Well, that's there's a small problem with that is you got to show that they're here in the first place, which does not appear to be the case. So Sharp Tax says the government has no right hiding this from the public. Followed here, just what we were talking about. Let's uh, be skeptical. Let's be debunkers. It's very important for false flags. Um Back for a second time after the episode with Vinny and Dan, Vinny Adams and Dan Zetterstrom, now Nick Pope. I am here for it, followed by cool guests. So got some uh, little bit of uh, not breaking news, but developing news. So we uh, all heard about this uh, 911 call from this family in Las Vegas that aliens at a spacecraft had crashed in their backyard. <laughs> Robert's laughing and that there was uh, 10 foot or eight foot aliens. Well, Las Vegas police have now placed cameras in the backyard of this family's home. Um, they claim that they saw an eight to 10 foot person with big eyes that is not human. And body cam footage showed something falling from that sky. If you look at the body cam footage, Robert, um, the police cam footage, you can see something in the background. That was not, that was not from the same time. That was not on the call that this guy made that was like an hour before that video and i wrote a, a piece on this if you look at my blog bad ufos just look at badufos.com i got a bad lot of U okay. uh, 
lot of up-to-date information on there. Uh, this thing about the Las Vegas aliens, um, there was a, the American Meteor Society records brilliant fireballs. So the video of that that we're talking about, the police body cam video, which was not associated directly with that call, it was an earlier incident, that they had 21 different reports from different states, uh, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, California, of a, a brilliant fireball meteor coming down at that time. So there's really no doubt that, the, that what the video showed was a meteor. You look at the timestamp, it said 6.48, that's universal time. So uh, Pacific Daylight, I think that's, that's just before midnight. That's like 11.48 p.m. Uh, April 30th, so just before May 1st, uh, uh, UT. And uh, then the incident with the so-called eight-foot aliens was about an hour later than that. So the two are not directly related. Um, and uh, if somebody claims they got a video of it, uh, sure. It's <laughs> Did, uh, are the police saying that they, they've seen aliens on their video? I assume not. Well, police who responded, one of them, at least one of the responding officers was, you know, kind of freaked out a little bit. But to <laughs> your point, uh, and Nick, I'd love for you to weigh in here. Uh, the American Meteor Society, as Robert just mentioned, said that the flash of light was a fireball from a meteor entering the atmosphere at that exact time um, and had documented it in its fireball logs. NASA has no comment. But Nick Pope, by the way, thank you to Diana Johnson for a super sticker here. Appreciate that um, very much. And uh, Nick, to you. uh there's a question that remains here. Uh, so that might not have been a UFO crashing, but what were these eight to 10 foot looking beings with big eyeballs that they were saying? I mean, these people actually sound very, I don't want to say credible. That's not the right word, but um, sincere. They sound sincere and they were interviewed and across the board, people that have spoken to them said they sound like they believe what they're saying. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, I'm, I'm with Robert on this one. Anyone can sound sincere. That does, doesn't mean that they are. I mean, I, you know, I, I think, I suspect this is some practical joke that's got out of hand. I've said as much on, on national TV. The, the fireball meteor is a fireball meteor. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I've, I've seen plenty of footage of that. And, and it's, a nice, it's a nice capture on, on the cops' body cam um, cameras, but but everything else, eight to ten foot aliens, that part, I'm afraid, I think is completely made up. Now, whether it's just, as I say, a practical joke that's got out of hand, or whether it's uh, some sort of viral marketing, there is some suggestion that the people behind this have not just a YouTube channel, but, but a site selling NFTs. The logos do look uh, remarkably similar. I don't know whether Robert, you did some research on this. I know Stephen yeah, well, I Greenstreet at at Post did. Yeah, I tried to look Sorry, at everything that would link those two of the NFTs and the and this fellow named Angel or Angel probably, uh, and I couldn't find it. Like you said, it looks similar, but there doesn't appear to be any significant anything going on as far as the NFTs. It's not right. That I could find, but I mean, I you know. Point out, uh, the mother and the father both told the police they didn't see anything. And if you look, I have the link on the bad UFOs to the video that Angel 
made and telling about oh eight ten foot tall creatures. Okay, now you just listen to that. And tell me if you think that's a, a, a you know would you believe him if you heard him tell that story? <laughs> just him, not not his I mother, think, not his father, just him. Yeah, I think. It's no coincidence that this story really took off, ir irrespective of when the events actually happened. But it really yeah, took off right. in right. the same week as the David Grush story. And frankly, right. I don't think it would have done otherwise. I, you know, I'd love it to be true, but come on, come on, man. I mean, no, this, this is this <laughs> yeah. is a hoax. Nick, yeah. uh, Sarah wants to know if aliens are here, are they benevolent or do they have bad intentions? Well, I, I think I'd fall back on my comment about them coming here as as probably anthropologists, and so therefore I like to think that they would be uh, a, a little bit cool and and neutral. Uh, I don't think we're, there's no evidence that um, you know we're going to face an alien invasion, but but neither do I buy into this whole if we're being visited, it's it's you know the space brothers and the space sisters going to give us free energy and. And and all of that. So so I fall back on the anthropological argument. I do want to circle back on one point about government, which I think ties back to one of your questions and a couple of the other comments. I think something that's really quite refreshing in these politically divided days, which you alluded to, is the fact that interest in UFOs and UAP within Congress is bipartisan. And it's actually rather nice that you've got uh, Republicans like Marco Rubio and Democrats like Kirsten Gillibrand coming together across the political aisle and saying, look, we don't know what UFOs are, but we should find out and we should make some efforts, given the technology we now have, to answer that question. And, and so I'm really encouraged by the fact that in these divided days, uh, this is truly bipartisan. In a way, few things are. Yeah, maybe it will unite us, like I said. Uh, Diana Johnson, thank you for that super sticker. Uh, Wise Monkey says, Nick's reasoned, open approach to the subject is great. Evidence-based rationalizing with a little UK flag and the S in rationalizing. So I will presume that he is not an alien, but uh, someone from the UK. Um, Robert, to you, I don't know if you're familiar, and I'm not sure even how to pronounce his name, to be honest. Uh, U.S a retired U.S. Air Force Captain, David uh, Schindel. Um, he uh, was a former Minuteman. Uh, he, he was a former Minuteman 1 Intercontinental inter uh, Ballistic Missile Launch Crew Commander. He was involved with the September 1966 UFO incident in the Minot Missile Field. Uh, he came out and wrote something. He's, uh, you know, in his early 80s, I believe. He says he has nothing but tremendous gratitude, admiration, and respect for the U.S. Uh, UFO whistleblower David Grush. Uh, as I said, he is a retired U.S. Air Force captain. Uh, he says that he has knowledge of the U.S. having in its possession a dozen or more craft from the heavens, which are not man-made, and that the, that some of the pilots have been recovered. Um, I spoke to his wife today. Sounds like a lovely woman. Um, seems like a rational guy, uh, obviously a former Air Force, uh, captain. Um, what would you say to him? Because he, uh, he believes that they're, you know, the U.S. like Rush is in possession of these non-human aircraft. What, what well, would you David, say to him? 
did he say that he actually saw them himself? He saw these uh, crafts and saw these bodies, or is he saying somebody told me that we have all these bodies, these crashes? And I think it's the latter. And I think so. We have another situation like we have with David Brush or with Leonard Stringfield or anybody else who's got all kinds of sources. He said what a dozen UFO crashes at least. Now I wonder how many of them are in New Mexico because uh, that's where it all seems to happen. But they could be scattered all around the world, maybe. But then other governments would have it. So, but if it's in the possession of the U.S. government, I would assume it's crashed either in the U.S. or some this US, was uh, uh, in Minot, which I believe is his. Well, yeah, Florida. but no, he's not saying they crashed in Minot. He's he he worked at this missile. Uh, so he was stationed at this missile silo. But he's saying that somewhere, somehow, the government has twelve crash saucers. But he's not saying where, when, or how, or how he knows this, or where they are. And uh, Nick, to you, are we going to bridge that gap from you know what David Grush is saying to show me the money? Are we going to? Are we going to? You know, uh, I think one or both of you was just saying that Corbell said we're going to have disclosure within twenty four right. or forty eight hours right. on the uh, coast to coast. Yeah, Nick, do you do you expect that? Well, I, I haven't listened to Jeremy's uh, latest interview. I. To be honest, though, I, I thought that Jeremy was just saying that there there were going to be some more big revelations this week, not yeah. what the UFO community call actual disclosure. But uh, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, what I would say is this: I, I mean, th this Minot incident and, and a similar one at Maelstrom Air Force Base is one of a number of cases where it is alleged that following a UFO interaction with, with the missile facilities, that some of the nuclear weapons were um, shut down somehow. Now, that's a big claim. In the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2023, one of the, one of the things that Congress basically has told the DOD and the intelligence community it wants answers to is this whole question of whether there's a connection between UFOs and nuclear weapons. Uh, and, and in any of this, are we dealing with, with a foreign adversary? Are we dealing with US deep black programs that, that just are so deeply compartmentalized that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing? Or are we dealing with something extraterrestrial? Or are we dealing with all of that? Yeah. I don't know. Congress has, has uh, told the government to go and find out the answers. And when Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who heads up the Pentagon's Arrow Office, when he spoke to the uh, Emerging Threats Subcommittee of the Senate Intelligence Committee a, a couple of months ago, he said that already a number of people had come forward under the provisions in the, the defense bill and, and testified, and Arrow is going through that material as we speak. So hopefully we will get answers. Mm. Harry is back with a question, Robert. I'm wondering if you ask yourself the same question. Who does this leak slash disclosure benefit? Do you ever wonder that? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not sure it benefits anybody. Like I said, I'm coming back to my earlier thoughts about uh, how this is just, um, you know, it's random, random uh, storytelling. And I don't think anybody is coordinating it or, or saying what comes next. Or 
whatever. I uh, did find the quote from um, Corbell. The exact quote is, more of that truth will be coming out within the next 24 to 48 hours. When he's talking about the truth, he's talking about, you know, the so-called whistleblowers and so on. So that's basically, that's what he said. Well, I, we're going to have to see if he uh, is a man of his word. Go ahead, Nick. I see. Your yeah, I was just going to say one one other um, the earlier question: What's different about David Grush? One one thing that is different is that most of these previous claims have have surfaced either anonymously on on various conspiracy blogs or or they're com- from individuals whose background doesn't check out. David Grush's background does seem to check out. One other thing that that is interesting about him, which I think is a difference, is that in parallel with speaking to some people in Congress, he's made a formal complaint to the Intelligence Community Inspector General. And the substance of his complaint is is that he he suffered some personal um, retribution for for, um, speaking out about this and making a few waves. But of course also, and this is why the House Oversight Committee is interested, one of his allegations is that Congress was deliberately misled on this and uh, had information hidden from it, which which would uh, otherwise enable it to do its lawful and constitutional oversight ability. But what's what's specifically very interesting is that when you make a, a complaint to the ICIG, you you do so, and it starts off by saying, if you knowingly make a false statement, you are liable. For, for a fine and, and potentially prison time. So to answer the question, what is there to gain? Maybe not much. What is there to lose by making a false statement? In this instance, potentially quite a bit. That's interesting. And I've heard that as well. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to go to prison for, for no reason at all. Uh, Lucy the Bengal here. Hello from New York. Just love that you're covering this topic. Joel, followed here. I like this one. Uh, hit that like button or else you'll get abducted by aliens. No truer comment has ever been made. Um, Nick, I'm wondering what you make of this. I don't know if there's anything to read into this, but debrief, uh, the debrief, the debrief.com, which is uh, kind of a leader in this sort of out of this world news, uh, attorneys from the Compass Rose Legal Group, they're the ones representing whistleblower David Grush uh, in this complaint you were just talking about to the... Uh, IGCIG, um, they say that they have uh, basically ended ended their the law firm has ended their formal association with David Grush. Why is there something to be read into this? You know, the story on this seems to go back and forth depending on whether you're talking to skeptics or believers. Some skeptics have said, "Well, it, it, it proves they're not comfortable with with uh, the story." Um, Believers have said, well, no, it just means the job's done. And now that they've got this in front of Congress, they can step out and and uh, let things take its course. I'm not an expert enough in the process to know. I did hear somebody from the debrief say that one of the lawyers, uh, even though Compass have ended their formal agreement, one of the lawyers is staying on with, with David Grush in a personal capacity. Uh, I, I think, as with everything that involves anyone in the intelligence community, whether they're serving or retired, this very quickly gets very murky and difficult to follow. So 
there will be more twists and turns. So to answer your question, I wouldn't read too much into it just yet. Um, Robert, back to you. So David Grush, uh, here are two quotes of his. I'd like you to deconstruct both. The first one is, uh, these are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles. Call it a spacecraft, if you will, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. It's, it's a lot of fancy language, but are you going to just tell me that it's just hearsay once again there? Or, well, or? where's the beef? Hmm. I mean, he says he says these things have crashed and we have the bodies and what, what's he talking about? He's talking about Roswell and the so-called Trinity crash that is now pretty well. Everyone agrees it's a hoax. What do we got? Aztec crash. Everybody knows that's hoax. I mean, what what's left? Uh, he's claiming there's dozens of them or whatever. No, uh, you know, you, uh, it's going to take more than that. You can't just say, "Well, I know people tell me that this is happening." No, let's see it. Let's let's see some solid, tangible evidence that that these programs exist. That saucers have crashed. You know, when uh, Leslie Kane, uh, when he first. It's, uh, first start first started to talk about dead alien bodies and so on. All of a sudden, Leslie Kane was kind of stepping back. It was like buyer's remorse a little bit. You know, she's the one who did the uh, one of the original stories. I guess it was the debrief. She and uh, was it uh, Ralph Blumenthal. And uh, so now it's kind of like, well, she didn't tell. I would don't, I don't uh, go for that alien body stuff. Is basically what she said. Said it's like if she told me this. Uh, I wouldn't have reported it. Now he's telling it to other people. She says, I don't care what he tells to other people. That's like saying, I don't care if he lies to other people. What he told me was the truth. So, you know, it's, uh, I would call it buyer's remorse a little bit, but obviously she's in too far to step back completely. So, yeah, this whole thing, ultimately a year from now, nothing, nothing. None of these will, there will, none of these so called programs will be revealed. There won't be any crashed saucer pieces. There won't be any dead alien bodies. There'll just be more stories. But then another guy will come along with the story. And uh, and the, the media, especially the sensation-hungry media, the people that want clicks and ratings without doing any real journalistic work, they're going to run with that the news story and just forget it. It's like you're leaving. You're wounded on the battlefield. Now, who was the, the whistleblower from two years ago, four years ago? I can't remember all their names. but. You know, these, these, these stories, uh, they, they just go on. Nick, I think uh, Robert is telling you not to get your hopes up. Uh, <laughs> Harry gave me a super sticker here, so I'm uh, thankful for that. Uh, Sherry's News says, show me the alien. <laughs> uh, Nick, I'm going to, yeah. um, <laughs> where's the beef? Show me the alien. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I never get my hopes up, but we've talked about these three um, current initiatives, which are all, all, proceeding in in parallel, which are going to be probing all these claims and more. We have, number one, the NASA study, number two, the ICIG complaint, and number three, Congress. And I know this is a little unfashionable these days, but I'm going to put my faith in Congress on this. And I'm going to say that because it's not a party political issue, because it does enjoy support across the political aisle, I'm going to say that if there is any beef there, Congress will find it. But look, you know, I am not one of these people. I'm not afraid to say I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know what Congress will find. Maybe they'll find nothing, but maybe they'll find that there is something to this. And and like Avi Loeb, you know, if if you don't look, you won't find anything. So I think we should look. That's a very rational approach. Uh, Robert, Landa Micah says, I am an alien. Do you believe Landa or do you need to know more about Landa before you buy it? Well, let's see. It looks like she looks more like a koala than an alien. That's uh, hard <laughs> to say for sure. Uh, this is a huge compliment to me. Uh, STS Nation, best guess. I feel like I'm listening to an Art Bell show. Great show as always. I was a big, big Art Bell fan. Sorry to see him uh, go on to uh, the next uh, adventure, wherever he may be. Um, Nick, back to you. So Grush said, and I quote again, Nick, to get your take. He says, well, naturally, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, sometimes you encounter dead pilots. And believe it or not, as fantastical as that sounds, it's true. Um, no, no, I'm starting to think Robert might have the, uh, the uh, inside track here. But he's saying this, but yet he is not showing us. So, again, um, are these just like my mother would say these are hollow words? Uh, do you agree or not? I, I agree that they're not validated, but you know, without wanting to turn this into a, just a total appeal to authority, this guy did serve as the um, NGA, the, uh, so the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and, and later the NRO, the National Reconnaissance. Uh, office representative on the the government's own UAP task force. So yes, these claims are not validated, but they do seem to come from somebody who who would be, if not somebody on the actual program, somebody by virtue of those appointments, one step removed from them. So so I am not prepared to throw this out just yet. And again, I, at risk of repeating myself, yeah, it, it's it's even if you take the view that it's it's um, unlikely to be true, it's what in government is sometimes called low probability, high impact. Even if you're skeptical, the societal implications, if any of this does turn out to be true, are so immense that I think it it does it is incumbent on us to probe these these allegations and see if we can validate them, which is precisely what NASA, the IG, uh, the ICIG and Congress are trying to do. Nick, Nick, you bring up an interesting point. I was just going to go there after these next comments. I'm going to go there now. Um, I got in a conversation with a very religious Jewish person. I am Jewish, um, very orthodox, as they say, a true believer. And uh, I asked him the Jewish belief on aliens. And he looked at me as though I was one. He just couldn't comprehend um, what I was even asking him. But you said that the repercussions here would be immense. What would it do to organize religion? Um, you know, the Jews have been around 5,000 years. They do not believe in aliens. What would it do to these organized religions if uh, Jeremy Corbell is right in 24 hours from now, we are seeing aliens paraded around the White House? I think it would depend on what we discover about extraterrestrials. I mean, you know, one one thing is if if we found other civilizations, whether it's through UFO research or more likely 
through science. But if if we did ever interact with them, um, maybe they would tell us that they regard religion as, as primitive superstition. So if if we encountered something like that, absolutely, it would be it would be challenging for all the the major world religions. Well, the minor ones too. What I would say is the Catholic Church is perhaps the most vocal of the the main religions in looking at this, and they've they've quietly funded some some conferences into this sort of thing. Um, they've made some doctrinal statements on it. As far back as 2008, the then director of the Vatican's observatory said, there's no doctrinal objection to the existence of extraterrestrials because man may place no creative limits upon God. So that's what's been said publicly behind the scenes. Maybe some of the other religions are giving it some some thought. Like I say, it depends what we we find. But, you know, I did a whole TV series called After Contact, which looked at the societal impact. We had a whole episode on on religion. I interviewed uh, Ted Peters, who's a theologian, who's who's given a lot of this um, some some thought. And by the way, right. He, I in heard 2010, him give a talk. He said yeah, that the, he I, thought it would have no impact on the religion. Yeah, I didn't necessarily agree with him on that. And in 2010, there were two Royal Society discussion meetings on this and the theological implications of first contact or first discovery led to the biggest controversy of all at both these meetings. So it's a big question. Uh, Papa Bear, I always give her a special shout out. She is from Moscow, Idaho, uh, now home to those infamous quadruple homicides. She says, how can we honestly assume there are not others among us? Surely we uh, can, can't still be that arrogantly foolish. Um, Robert, I'm curious. This person says proof of alien visitors is as believable as Bigfoot then, question mark. But uh, Robert, back to the um, um, organized religion question. What do you think happens to religion if, in fact, uh, this comes uh, to volition? Or do you not give it any thought because you don't think it ever is going to happen? Well, I think it's extremely low uh, likelihood that any like open revelation or anything of alien discovery of aliens is going to happen. If it did, I I tend to agree with what was his name, uh, Doctor Peters, who said that uh, didn't think he thought that they would adapt. The main religions would adopt to it pretty well. That he interviewed a lot of people and did some surveys and so on. So, uh, but you know, I of course I'm really not into religion, so I. <laughs> I couldn't say for sure, but... Uh, Robert, that was my next question without getting too personal, but are you a believer in God? No, I'm, uh, I've am i been a skeptic about religion as well as about a lot of other things for pretty much all my life, so... No, I'm not. Uh, so, Robert, where do we uh, where do we go once it's uh, once the game is over? Where where are you going next? Well, when you say the game is over, uh, I don't think it, in the sense of uh, people stop believing in UFOs. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, it's, it's just going to keep. No, going no, no, no. I was going a different. Mm -hmm. I was going in a more morbid direction. When your life oh. comes to an end, is there anything afterwards, Robert? Well, how would I know? Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I don't know if you ask Leslie Kane. There's uh, all kinds of spiritualism and spirit trumpets and things like that that can be used to talk to spirits. Uh, I really don't believe in that. I I think once I'm gone, I'm gone. But who knows? I'll find out sooner or later, and uh, then I'll come back and tell you guys. But you got to have a good a good medium. 
hopefully a lot later than sooner. Uh, Joseph Rapp yeah. here says, Nick, to you, um, how many other countries are reporting UAP? Is it primarily an American issue? Um, and then there was another question, but if you want to respond to this one, Nick. Sure. At the moment, there's no getting away from the fact that it's very U.S.-centric. One very interesting snippet that came out at the NASA meeting held on May 31st was when Sean Kirkpatrick from the DOD's Arrow office was giving his update. He said that he had just held the first Five Eyes panel on UAP. So the Five Eyes Intelligence Sharing Alliance, of course, is, is the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand. So there certainly, from what Dr. Kirkpatrick said, there is now, at least behind the scenes, in the intelligence sharing apparatus, some discussion about this. And I hope we're going to hear more. But of course, just by virtue of the fact that this is in the intelligence community, we probably won't hear many details. Um, well, there go are ahead, lots Robert. Of, uh... Uh, a lot of countries are uh, very active and, and very excited about UFOs. I'm not talking specifically now the whistleblower, but just as a general statement that a great deal of UFO activity in South America and Brazil, Chile, Argentina. Um, I've written about some of this in uh, on my blog, The Bad UFOs. Uh, Chile had an official uh, organization, CEFAA, which was... Uh, I guess like an aviation organization that has its own uh, UFO subcommittee or whatever they're calling it. They released a video of something that they thought was an unidentified object. And I think it's a fly. And a lot of people think it's a fly, but Leslie Kane thinks it's a big case that skeptics have been dreading. We have lots of reports from Europe, from Asia. There's really, there's, there's no country anywhere that doesn't report UFOs. Uh, Wise Monkey, Nick, is it true some of our UFO files are still time-barred under the Official Secrets Act? Yes, it is, although, to be fair, most of the reason for the classification is it's not because we've got a spaceship hidden in a hangar. If that happened in the UK, I'm afraid they didn't tell me. Um, most of the reason for any material still being withheld under the Official Secrets Act is because it pertains to methods and sources of gathering intelligence. So, so for example, um, if you take a photo or, or a video of, of, and we've seen some of them, of course, UFOs on, on the camera, on the forward-looking infrared camera on, on an F-18 Super Hornet, some of that data is going to be classified not because of the UFO, whatever that might be, but because it will tell you about the capabilities, and, and therefore, if you release it, it'll tell the Russians and the Chinese about the capabilities of our, our systems. Um, Snowy says, watching from the UK on the way back from work. I hope you're not driving while you're doing that. Uh, Byron and Ethan, you probably know who they are, Nick, but I do not. Expecting UFO full disclosure this year. Robert might say to uh, relax yourself, but, uh, <laughs> um, but we will move it along. Here's a few more things I want to get to with these guys. I love these two guests, by the way. And we got lucky. Uh, Nick Pope's a big deal, as is Robert. And I got Nick in the very last minute by the skin of my teeth. So I, I, I owe him a debt of gratitude. But um, prior to all this, Robert, um, before, and I mean the David Grush thing here, 
Um, White House Press Sec Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about UFOs and aliens, and she responded by saying, I know there have been questions and concerns about this, but there is, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Um, I wanted to make sure that the American people knew that. All of you knew that, yada, yada, yada. Are they being evasive or are they being honest, Robert? Oh, I think in that case, she's being honest perhaps one of the few times. But uh, yes, she's, uh, I think that's accurate. There's, there's <laughs> no evidence of any of this stuff. These are just stories. You know, I mean, if you think about what's being alleged, they're being alleged that there is a program, probably several programs of, of U.S. people, U.S. engineers, trained people, technicians who go to work every day and pick apart a flying saucer and catalog what's in it. And they analyze, they do maybe alien autopsies on the dead bodies or whatever, whatever. And all this stuff allegedly is happening. Nothing ever leaks out, but people whisper to the cub, to, uh, the whistleblower, oh, we got this secret program, but I can't tell you anything about it. So, you know, if you go to UFO conferences, people will tell you this. I can't remember how many times, you know, I go to a UFO conference, start talking to somebody. You know, I talked to somebody who's very high up in the government. He has top credentials. And he told me, yeah, you hear that all the time. <laughs> um, to the chief technical officer, if you could put that comment back up, that super sticker comment, I didn't mean to take it down, and we'll get to it. Um, Nick, to you, Senator Josh Hawley, who's controversial in his own right, has come out, and he says he's not ready to dismiss uh, David Grush's UFO claims. Uh, the quote from Josh Hawley is, the takeaway from that is they had thousands of sightings of these things over the years, which was news to me, he says. So I'm not surprised necessarily by these latest allegations being crushed because it sounds pretty close to what they kind of grudgingly admitted to us in a briefing. It's not good. None of it's good. I think we want to get to the bottom of this. I think it's disturbing. And then you've got Tim uh, Burchett from, I believe, Tennessee, a congressman, not a senator, who says, our government has been surprisingly quiet about the topic for many decades, despite the many reports of extraordinary UAP sightings. Uh, we need to know what these things are, how they operate, who or what is controlling them, and what they are doing. Um, do you? I guess my question is, it is bridging kind of the partisan gap, the partisan divide, but do you believe... Uh, their words. Do you believe that there will be some sort of government accountability, that they will hold these hearings and will demand to get answers uh, for the American people? Or is that just politicians spewing politics? Oh, they will definitely get hearings. Uh, like I say, the House Oversight Committee has already said it's going to have another one. Uh, Senate and House Intelligence Committee are, are moving forward with this. Senate and House Armed Services Committee. Um, actually, it's quite interesting. Um, the, the, and I saw a, I'm getting good at this, by the way. I'm reading the comments at the bottom myself, <laughs> and I see there's a question about NASA. And, and that kind of ties in with that point, because one of the interesting things about NASA's current interest in this is it's very much a top-down initiative. Uh, Bill Nelson said, you know, we, we must do something on this. What's interesting about that is before he was made um, basically NASA administrator, Bill Nelson sat on the Senate Armed Services Committee. And interesting piece of trivia, he's one of the people who had the classified briefing on UAP 
from, from the Pentagon. And what did he do the moment he got put in charge of NASA? He was like, we need to be on, on this. So, so all these things tie together. But yeah, absolutely. Um, these, pol- these statements are coming from some people who've had the classified briefings. Hmm. Uh, Zans here. Um, non-human intelligence is about DOD AI ambitions. Alien story is vehicle to associate term with doom and dread. Big AI regulation, big AI regulations coming. Uh, Robert, does this person make some sort of point about this being related to artificial intelligence and the regulation of all that? Again, some sort of distraction. Look this way, but we're really talking about that. Well, that's what he's saying. I'm still not even quite clear what he means. It's, uh, he's saying that the government is making up this alien intelligence thing because they want to use it for their own AI or something. Uh, or put it, lit. I really, I can't make much sense out of that actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just wanted to point something out, though, that we're talking about, you know, the government and uh, re- replying or answering the pressure. Because really what's happening here is these people in Congress and other agencies are uh, they're responding to pressures that are being put on them by the public and by reporters and so on. But this is deja vu. See, I've been in this field for so long that the Condon Report was, was current events when I got started. The famous University of Colorado Condon Report that the Air Force had started investigating uh, UFOs or flying saucers, as they were then called. Uh, in 1947, they had several different ones that finally ended up as uh, Project Blue Book, uh, which went until 1969. And things were starting to heat up pretty much in the 60s. They were, heat, they were warming up in uh, several years in the 50s, but 60s, it started to get even worse and, and more pressure. And Why don't you come clean on this and tell us the truth about UFOs? And the Air Force is saying, we don't have anything. So they said, all right, we're going we're gonna to push this off on somebody else. We're going to get the University of Colorado to take all the heat on this. And Dr. Condon, and they're going to study it. Dr. Condon studies it and his group, and they, they come up with the default sort of scientific view that there's nothing here and so on. But you see, the, the Air Force was so eager to get out from under it. It was like this burden of, you know, bad publicity. Now I hear the people saying now, the people on this UAP task force are saying, oh, we're getting harassed. We're getting online harassment from people who want us to come clean and tell them about the UFOs. You know, those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. The Air Force went through the same thing in the 1960s, 68, 69. They said, gave this to Dr. Condon, you take care of this. Uh, you know, they're probably going to have to do something like that now, I would think, because it'll just keep building and building and the pressure will mount. Well, Robert, I was going to go back and ask you, since you just brought it up, you know, in 2021, we started to see tons of these images, the the Tic Tac UFO, um, the Pentagon released a report on UAP. I think there was 140 uh, instances of encounters with Air Force pilots that could not be explained how do you explain all that? Because these objects do look bizarre. I mean, we've all seen them now on the radar. Um, are these some sort of um, advanced, you know, techno- technologies from China, or, or how do you explain? No, it? Uh, well, again, we can't talk about everything all at once because you know you got those three videos, okay, that that have been released, and uh, a few more that have turned up, or Jeremy Corbell and others, and. 
Now you're talking about hundreds of sightings. You, you can't talk about, you can't give a single explanation for everything. When they say they have all these hundreds of sightings, what they mean is, in a large number of cases, the pilot went up and saw something and they didn't know what they saw. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Now, if you want to be specific, actually it was longer than 2021. It was back in 2017 that Tom DeLong, if you remember, and To the Stars and Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal in the New York Times writing about uh, glowing auras and uh, what is it, black money or something, I forget. But anyway, uh, it, it's, you know, the, the video, the Tic Tac, okay. Remember, the Tic Tac is not the video that we see, that we call the Tic Tac, was not shot by the, the plane uh, where the pilot claimed to have seen the Tic Tac. That, that was like an hour later, they sent somebody up with the camera. So uh, what we're seeing that's clearly is a, is a distant jet. This is infrared and a long ways away. You can see the, the heat from the distant aircraft. Same thing with that so-called gimbal. Uh, Mick West has gone into great detail on this and uh, shown with angles and everything. It all matches. Now, the so-called gold fast, again, this shows we're talking about credentials. We're talking about people who are on the task force and so on. They couldn't figure this out. Until finally they have figured it out. Now finally they agree the go fast object is not going fast. It only looks like it's going fast because you got an airplane. You're in an airplane. You're going 400 miles an hour, and this thing is standing more or less still or moving slowly. And you're going like this, which makes it look like wow, look at that thing go backwards so fast. They couldn't figure this out. So that's and this guy Travis Taylor was their chief scientist at one time. He's the guy on ancient aliens talking about, you know, the type of spacecraft that the ancient uh, the Midians or whatever they were, you know, were seeing. I mean, this is, yeah, this uh, kind of a, a comedy of errors in some cases. And then there's one where they supposedly saw uh, all these uh, triangular shapes. Oh, hundreds of triangular shapes of uh, drones or something hovering over the ship. No. Those are stars, out-of-focus images of stars. We've been Nick, through this in great detail. So Nick, I, I, it's, was, look, was Robert drinking too much yeah. scotch today, or is he speaking the truth here? No, it's a mixed bag. The, the, first, the first report that we had from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence had it right when they said, look, there's not going to be a single neat solution to all of this. Some of these UFO sightings, whether they're visual or, or, or whether they're captured on, on forward-looking infrared or whatever. Some will turn out to be misidentifications. Some may well be sensor anomalies. Uh, some we don't know. Now, those three videos, I, I know there's a, a lot of controversy. There, there are people in government, even in government, who don't agree on, on this. There, there are different schools of thought. But certainly, when I last looked, if you look at the three original videos that emerged first, uh, they are still on the DOD website, and it still says that, that the phenomenon shown you know, remain unidentified. Yeah, sure, there are debates about what speed they're traveling and, and what they are, but they still, they still say the, the official government line on this is that we haven't figured out what these things are. Uh, Rebecca Gallant, back to the family in Vegas. I think that family saw something, but what? They're still trying to figure it out. Uh, Nick, back to you. Um, there's now a pilot-led advocacy group that's been formed, Americans for Safe Aerospace, 
It's officially launching uh, either this week or last week. Um, it's a pilot-led pilot advocacy organization dedicated to UAPs. Um, it's co-founded and run by a former Navy fighter pilot, a guy named Ryan Graves. Um, again, it's kind of what I started with. Are we turning some sort of corner? Um, there was a time, and Robert knows this and you know this, where people thought uh, people who were believers in this were basically crackpots. But have we turned a corner where this is now a serious issue, a serious news story, a serious topic? We've turned a corner, but there's still work to be done. Even, even the Pentagon said that the process of destigmatization must continue. And look, we talked about Avi Loeb and the scientific method. It's all about data. And we won't get the data if people are not coming forward to report. So, so yeah, whether it's, whether it's commercial airline pilots reporting to the FAA or whether it's military pilots reporting up the chain of command, we do have more reports than we had. But we still don't have enough. There are still people who fear being disbelieved or ridiculed. There are still people, despite the, the standard operating procedures being written, there are still people who don't know how to make that report. So advocacy, advocacy groups like, like the one that Ryan Graves is involved with, bodies like the, uh, I, I forget the, the precise name, but the, the body that uh, deals with uh, astronautics and aeronautics, they now have a a UAP subcommittee. This is all steps in the right direction. So some good work done, but we're not quite there yet. The man in the cool black cap, who I, I would I would rock that cap, as they say, uh, Robert. It is Robert Schaefer, an American freelance writer and UFO skeptic. He is a paranormal investigator of unidentified flying objects. He's re researched a ton. He's also a member of Mensa. And is the author of a long list of books, including the UFO verdict, examining the evidence and resentment against achievement. Um, Giovanni here says, show the people the proof. And then, Robert, before we get your closing thoughts, I, I forgot about this, but I've read about this. Sally Vela says, yes, Jackie Gleason talked about Richard Nixon uh, taking him to see the bodies and his life changed from that moment. And soon after he got lung cancer and died. Uh, before he told what he saw. Apparently, uh, Nixon and Gleason were tight, and he did take them to see alien bodies. Um, but you say no, Robert. What do you say? Well, that's that's another one of these stories going around. Now, it's actually, it's not Gleason who says that himself. It's his ex-wife, or his widow, I guess, after he was dead, told that story to the National Enquirer or somebody, and then it, you know, it, it got legs and ran all over and again, people are trying to track it down, and there's no absolute substance that anyone can find to it. There's no proof. And just the notion that Nixon would be in a car driving by himself, pick up his friend, they drive into the base, we'll see where the aliens are. I, it just doesn't doesn't sound plausible at all. You realize that everyone's talking about crash saucers, alien bodies. All it takes is one of these programs, one person in one of these programs to step forward and say, I'm going to be a real whistleblower. I worked on dead dead aliens. I disassembled crash saucers. Here are my, here's my proof. Here's my photos. Here's what I know. All it takes is one such person to say this. It hasn't happened. It never will happen. It won't happen because there are no such programs. Uh, Raul Thomas, 
um, back to you. Um, Bob Lazar claimed to see UFO crafts at Area 51, Robert. This is a big, I mean, Bob Lazar is a kind of a legend in the right. field. Oh, yes, yes. Well, let me just put it this way. Stanton Friedman didn't believe him at all. Stanton Friedman was, of course, the flying saucer physicist, and he is certainly no debunker. But sometimes he would investigate carefully. And in this case, he investigated the hell out of uh, uh, Lazar. And he found pretty much everything he says is false. His educational background doesn't match up. He can't prove that he was at these places. There's no record of him being at MIT or Caltech. He's not a physicist. He, uh, you know, know, (laughs) Friedman has enough. I have that information on my uh, blog. Just go to Bad UFOs and look up. There's a little search bar at the top. Just put in Lazar. And uh, you'll find this. Uh, no, it's, it, he's a hoaxer. And it's, it's really, it's uh, remarkable he's been able to get away with fooling so many people for so long. So uh, bottom line, Robert Schaefer, um, you're not expecting disclosure in 24 to 48 hours. Are you ever expecting it? Uh, well, not that disclosure. No, if some alien ship were to turn up, of course, uh, everyone would see it coming because uh, when you've read some of the science fiction stories, they say, what's that bright light out there? Oh, it's our spaceship decelerating. And it would put out huge amounts of energy to decelerate coming in from interstellar space and so on and so on. So, yeah, maybe something like that might happen. I'm not expecting it, but theoretically it might. But short of that, no, these are just stories that are getting recirculated and recycled. You know, recycle your bottles and recycle your UFO stories too. I love how unflappable Robert is. Um, the man in the maroon shirt saved me today, and I owe him. He is the real-life Fox Mulder. Uh, Nick Pope ran the British government's UFO project. Uh, from 1991 to 1994, he researched and investigated UFOs, alien abductions, crop circles, and other strange phenomenon, which I won't even ask Robert about. Um, and he is the author of six best-selling books, including The Uninvited, and open skies, closed minds. Um, this comment here, uh, by the way, what Jeremy Corbell is most likely referring to is the five terabyte archive being released June 23rd at 2 p.m. Central Time, containing over 700 whistleblowers and information on 119 recovered UAP. Nick, are you looking forward to all this? I am, but as ever, I think there might be the danger of information overload. That when 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 Sean Kirkpatrick last testified, he he said to Congress, "Look, you know, you Congress need to prioritize what you'd like us to look at when it comes to this testimony." So I think I think the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, and the, the the Senate Armed Services Committee they do have work to do on this. But I'm encouraged. I I think uh, we we are in an interesting era. I do agree that disclosure is more likely to come through science, whether it's Avi Loeb finding something or, or James Webb Space Telescope picking up maybe a techno signature. But again, quoting Avi Loeb, if you don't look for these things, you won't ever find them. So I'm whether it's NASA, the DOD or Congress or, or the uh, uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence, they're all now looking at this with with their sort of you know, serious faces on, and let's wish them luck. 
you know, why not? I mean, the world would be far more interesting with extraterrestrials than than without. And uh, I know it's one of my favorite sayings, but I will I will just say the skeptics have to be right every day. The believers only need to be right once. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not hard. <laughs> the world would be even more interesting <laughs> if unicorns and mermaids were real, also. But I don't think that means that they are. Uh, but we're picking up the UAP there. on the satellite, of course. Um, not sure about <laughs> yeah. the mermaids. Bla yeah. Blaze says something big is coming. Uh, Jen Castaldi, right. uh, you have not become the redheaded stepchild. I was so um, involved in this conversation, but always a shout out to uh, to Jersey Jen. Um, bottom line, Nick, um, in our lifetime, uh, you might have a couple years on me. I don't know, but. Um, are we going to see something? Do you, do, you, do you truly believe that we will find something out that might stun us all? I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say yes. And then I think that's interesting because then we get beyond the simple is it or isn't it debate. And we oh, get he to just those, froze at such we, a crucial time. Oh, we, oh, am I still there? Can you no, hear you're me? You're still there. Go for it. Oh, yeah. I, I think once we find something, we get to those next order questions, which are far more interesting. What is the societal impact going to be on politics, religion, science, technology, the economy, philosophy, and the rest of it? So yes, I'm going to say absolutely, we'll find it and bring it on. I love it. MC Spunky oh. says, bet this guy, I'm going to say both, bet both these guys are fun <laughs> at a party. I'd love to talk to both of them. Huge thanks. Uh, to both of these gentlemen, Robert Schaefer and Nick Pope, for coming on. I hope they will come back on as we continue to follow the story. A quick programming note on our end. Tomorrow night, the legend herself is back. The show Mindhunter on Netflix is loosely based on her work as there is a new docuseries about Dr. Ann Burgess. She's coming on. We're getting back to true crime. We're talking about Lyle and Eric Menendez, who are not far from Robert Schaefer in the San Diego area. And by the way, Nick Pope is in Tucson, where I met the chief technical officer once upon a time when I was a reporter in the old Pueblo in the desert. For those who have never been to the desert, you have to check it out. My wife hates it. I love it. I would live there. Everyone drives a pickup truck, unlike Miami, where everyone drives a Lamborghini. So it's a lot easier for me to handle in, uh, in the desert. Uh, with that said, huge thanks to everyone. Love you, America. Love you, San Diego. Love you, Tucson. Love you, aliens. Till next time. <laughs>
What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. <laughs> 